data quality, data management, that's where data starts. Analytics, business intelligence, gen AI, that's where data ends up. And where data ends up is usually where the business is and the money is and the tangible aspects are while the foundational folks are going, you know, constantly some version of garbage in, garbage out, you know, whatever you put into this is going to come out of it. Why do we, you know, good ingredients make a good meal. You need a foundation to build a house. Scott, welcome to the Data Bytes podcast. I'm so happy to be talking to the data whisperer. I was like, do we whisper through this whole conversation or you got to give me the protocol for this? So welcome. You can just yell as, as, as loud as you want about the power and value of data management. Sadie, great to see you too. Finally, we're we're together here having a real conversation, but thrilled to be here as well. Yes, the other day I uh, found the street sign that was one one side of the street is data and the other side of the street is quality. And when I took a picture of that sign, I was like, is this where Scott Taylor lives? The data whisperer? I, didn't, I, I couldn't find your house there, but I, I was looking for you. Or in the neighborhood. <laughs> It's close to where I live, and it's actually the first uh, corporate office building that I ever worked at. And so I was like, oh, it's destiny that I was meant to work in data. Oh, I'm sure that road metaphorically is filled with potholes and detours and wrong turns and dead ends and people just persevering on that journey to ultimate data quality, which, as we all know, is never a destination. It's always a journey. You're always working on one way or another with new data sets coming in and new business requirements and new systems. It just keeps changing, but you got to keep your eye on that data management, data governance, data quality, data stewardship, all that whole part of the space, which which I definitely live in. Yeah. I, when I think about people who work in data management, to me, they are some of the most tenacious people because as you mentioned, it's never a destination you arrive at, right? And so having your eye on the target and knowing, as you mentioned, there's new things coming in. How do you stay motivated, knowing that you're never going to arrive at this perfectly managed data set in the world? You know, everybody's going to be using the data catalog, and there's never going to be anything out of date. How do you deal with that on a day to day basis as an individual working in this space? Well, I've never heard it put that way before, but I do think tenaciousness is definitely a high you know, an important attribute if you're in data management and data governance, because you just have to keep at it. And uh, the forces going against you, whether they're direct or indirect or intentional or unintentional, are constant. And, you know, big one big factor is the newest, latest, super hot, shiny, attractive thing. You know, this week it's AI, generative AI, gen ai whatever you want to call it that captures the imagination of leadership and stakeholders and actually the whole analytics crowd versus the folks that i grew up with which are all there trying to build that foundation the way i like to think of it is like that's where data quality data management that's where data starts analytics business intelligence gen ai that's where data ends up and where data ends up is usually where the business is and the money is and the tangible aspects are while the foundational folks are going, you know, constantly some version of garbage in, garbage out, you know, whatever you put into this is going to come out of it. Why do we, you know, good ingredients make a good meal. You need a foundation to build a house. 
if you don't have clean water, then it doesn't matter about the plumbing. You know, there's, you know, there's plenty of metaphors out there. But what I've seen really motivate the folks that I've worked with my whole career is the this this real knowledge and acceptance that what they do is of critical importance for all that other stuff. And that truly, if no matter what the new thing is, if you don't have, I keep using that word foundation, because guess why they call it that? <laughs> These other things are just simply not going to work. But it's it's hard. It's hard to stay motivated. It's hard not to be frustrated and by all the distractions. But the story is the same keeps being the same story over and over again, different cast, different crowd, different set decoration, but the story is the same. Well, and I feel a bit bad because, you know, the foundation is not where the sexy work is, but as you so rightfully mentioned, you can't do all the other fun stuff without that foundation. And so we have all these companies who now are really wanting to jump on the AI and the gen AI bandwagon but their house is a mess, let alone let alone they don't even have a foundation for their house. And, you know, it's sad because it's, this is not something new that we've been talking about, right? How many years have you been in this business talking about, okay, guys, we got to get our data in order. It's going to be really important so we can get the value from it. What is missing in the equation for leaders to really put in that work and investment to building that foundation? First of all, yeah, I've been doing this since pre-2K, so that dates me however you like to. Another big, you know, initiative that everybody was crazy about that had to do with making sure the data was right. But, you know, what keeps people, what I think is missing and part of my work that I do day to day is the story, the narrative, the business accessible benefits of doing this stuff first. Now, even though it shouldn't be that hard to, explain because if you use a metaphor like a person's health if they want to be healthy and data healthy data you know supports a healthy business you got to eat right you got to exercise you got to take care of yourself you need checkups you need all these things that make sure your body and your mind are fine there's no one size fits all quick fix easy button panacea band-aid magic wand solution for any of this you know if there was then you just buy a Peloton and all of a sudden you're you're fit. You know, a little Peloton, a little Ozempic. They don't have that for data. So we, we, just keeping that focus and, and just being in the room. And part of why I, 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 you know, part of the inspiration for my book, Telling Your Data Story, Data Storytelling for Data Management. I got a copy of it right here. You'll see on the cover, it's 99% buzzword free. I did, I did not want to overpromise. Was because the this part of the space, data management versus analytics and business intelligence, didn't have any kind of formal storytelling techniques. And there's 20 books out there on data storytelling for analytics. I wish it had been called analytics storytelling, frankly, because that would have clarified it a little bit. Super important. How do you put data in a business context to drive action and value? And those are very specific. I feel actually kind of tactical applications of that kind of data storytelling versus creating a narrative and marketing your internal data management program so people get why standards are important, why the data catalog is important, why master data, reference data, metadata, MDM, RDM, PIM, RIM, DAM, all those foundational activities are so critical to 
the health and well-being and frankly the success of every enterprise software program every e-commerce initiative every form of every digitally transformative customer approach all those things that take technology they need hardware they need software and they need data and if you have data you need data management yeah i love the call out that you make in terms of storytelling but how it's been so focused really on more of the top end of the stack right the dashboarding side of things once you have your data and your pipelines and i i do think you identified a great market which is yes we need data management and unfortunately for a lot of people it's a boring space how do we convey that message and there's no better way than storytelling i mean if we look at all the great leaders over history they were master storytellers, right? I think there's a quote that talks about like storytelling is what keeps us alive as human species. I mean, it's been what we use back when we worked in tribes, right? We even told little stories and etched them on caves, you know, it's innate in our nature. And so I love this idea of bringing storytelling to data management. How do you get started doing that? What are the principles of sharing your data story, but in a data management context? I agree with the, the lineage you're talking about here, too. And I think I've been in storytelling since it was two words. But all leaders need to be able to get better at communication, whether it's, you know, historical leaders or business leaders. If you most people who are listeners here have some form of career aspiration to move their career along, you can't do it unless you can communicate well. And part of communicating well is being able to articulate in some organized, understandable fashion the benefits of what you have to offer. You know, to get started, I, I have in the book, I have this, this framework called the three V's of data storytelling for data management, obviously a knowing wink to the three V's of big data, but instead of volume, velocity, and variety, mine are vocabulary, voice, and vision. Trying to take a very simple, not too simplistic, but a simple accessible way to get going. So you start with the first V, vocabulary, get the words right. Stop using these buzzwords. They don't care. Focus on why it's important rather than how to do it. A lot of data folks, whether in they, they're in data management or analytics or AI, love to explain how they're doing stuff and business people do not care. I don't know, it's single CEO who cares about how you're going to get something done until they understand why it's even important in the first place. But we suffer from that because as a community, a lot of the expertise we have, and I'm using a broad we here, is built on really hard skills that when people are good at it, they love to show off or they love to talk about the techniques, even if it's not even egotistical. It's just like, look at all this great stuff I did. And again, people people don't care. They care about the result. They care about the end. You know, what is that end result there? So get the words right. Use, you know, common language, simple language. Use the words of your business. Examples are, you know, everybody has relationships in a business. Everybody has brands in a business. What do you call those relationships? Customer, partner, prospect, consumer, patient, citizen, you know, depending on the domain somebody's in, our sector that a company's in will drive the type of terminology and nomenclature they use. The second B is voice. You want to be able to have you and your team talk about these important topics and initiatives in a similar way. I mean, 
you know, how do you, how do you harmonize all this activity to a single voice? Harmony doesn't mean people all sing the same note, but it does mean they sound good together. So harmonizing to that voice, what's kind of the tone and tenor you use? Again, not technical, more business oriented, not about how, but about why. And there's a lot of pieces in the voice part, but just kind of zooming through it here for the sake of, of brevity. The third V is vision and pointing the work you do in data management and frankly, everything in data at the vision of your company. Where is your company trying to go? And why does data help you get there? And everything you do in data, we talk an awful lot about, you know, bringing value to the business, identifying value to, for the business. Why does everything you do in data enable the strategic intentions of your enterprise? Look up and define that. Listen to your leaders. What are your leaders saying? What are, you know, if you're in a public company, really easy. What does your CEO say in the annual report? I will tell you, they will not talk about data governance, data management. They might drop a few, you know, hints about Gen AI because it's super hot and sexy right now, but they're not going to talk about we need better data quality. But they are going to talk about their relationships, again, very being very generic on purpose here, and their brands and ways that those brands will bring value to those relationships at scale. And we all know in the technology space, if you want to scale, if you want something to scale, you need technology, hardware, software, data, data management. So I, I try to bring it back to these simple principles and come up with ways that are really extensible across every sector. So if you're a healthcare company or you're a media company or your manufacturer, you still want to bring value to relationships through your brands at scale. What those relationship terminologies are might be different. What the brands are might be different. The way you scale it might be different, but that's the basic concept. I love it. I, I'm a, such a big fan of three because as humans, we could, we put things into bits and chunks. And so the max we can typically remember is like three to four things. That's a big reason why like phone numbers are broken up into threes or fours types of segments. Same thing with like credit cards, those types of things. So I love these three Vs. And something that I love that you do with this is you don't just talk about it from a data management side, but I feel that it's something you do really well in the content that you share. You have your very own unique voice. You even have these data puppets that I think are harmonizing the voice that y'all have kind of their own little unique voice in there, right? How has you know, the three V's influenced your way of creating content and having that voice and authenticity and vision that you bring to so much of the work that you put out. It actually was a construct I developed when I was working at a company and I was, it was kind of a survival mode for me because I was brought into a company to help shape their story about what they did with data. And I was on the product side and I was having all these fights with marketing because I understood what this, the value of this data was better than the marketing folks. And so we were fighting, we we're trying to one up each other all the time. I'm like, well, I have the story. They said, no, you don't have the story. You have the narrative. I'm like, well, I don't have the narrative. I'll take the, so we got through all this bickering around term, you know, ridiculous hair splitting terminology. So I, that's where this three V thing came up and it's like, all right. I'll let you know what words you can use. That's the vocabulary. I'm going to drive the voice of this because I understand the market and the needs of the customer base. And I'm going to, because I'm in product and I'm working with the folks who are forming the product benefits and direction, 
I'll let you know what the vision is. And you guys can do all the tactics kind of in between. And that sort of stumped them. Uh, it was a really aggressive, unpleasant corporate environment. Um, but coming out of that, I realized, okay, this thing could work for other stuff. And so to your point, you know, I try and use kind of my voice out there. I appreciate your recognition of some of this fun stuff. Here's my, uh, here's the star of my data puppets, the chief dog officer, um, the CDO. Uh, and, uh, you know, just trying to have some fun with it. Certainly my voice and my, my vision of myself personally in terms of my content is how can I create something that's really entertaining, humorous, satirical, but has a really serious fundamental message in it. The way I like to pitch myself too when I talk to brands is I used to do white papers, but now I do puppet shows. Guess which one gets more engagement? But the message is the same. And so finding new ways to tell this same story for me is really gratifying creatively, whether it's cartoons, whether it's the puppets. Some people have seen this. Uh, one of my biggest hits is a, a storybook I read to my grandson called The Little Red Data Hen, which is kind of a cautionary tale about the lack of data governance and take off on that classic Little Red Hen story who's hens trying to make the bread and who will help her and it's the same thing hens trying to get better data and will the dog help her and will the will the pig help her and if you haven't seen that we'll i'll give you a link because people people love that um and it's made my grandson kind of a star in linkedin he's real thrilled with that too uh but and also trying to be kind of inspirational and passionate and frankly you know almost as entertaining as i can be given the space um and i find it's just really effective it's kind of a on a basic event agenda, I tend to be the one kind of, you know, when I'm on there, let me, I tell people, you know, let me open because as I've said plenty of times, I have a fear of not public speaking. So I get out there and I love kind of the dramatic aspect of it and getting people whipped up and, and, and kind of setting the tone. And I don't, the, the, the secret that's not very well kept from me even is I don't actually work with data. I'm just really good at talking about it and talking about how people talk about it. So I don't touch anything. And uh, you don't want me to touch anything. I don't know what's behind the scenes. I don't know how to get it done. I know why it's important. I certainly know how to tell the why story. But we all have a part to play. Can you play, you know, and play your part as well as possible? I try and play my position as the best I can. But I stick to my position, and I think that's important. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think, one, you just also open up a whole kind of avenue for people who may not have thought of this is there's so many different roles in this space, not alone roles from like, oh, you could be a data engineer, work in data governance, or do the analytics side, but roles from the standpoint of like, do you want to be the doer? Do you want to be the storyteller, right? Do you want to be the visionary? There's a lot of different roles and it's important that we each one, know our role, right? So we're not acting like we're one thing, but doing another thing. And more importantly, stick to that role. So I'm curious, how did you find this role? I noticed that you have a bachelor's degree in history, but then activities in drama, which I can definitely see kind of come through in your content. But then how did you turn that into finding the world of data and particularly data management and then so eloquently weaving these two things together. It was certainly not a plan uh, originally, but uh, you know, pointing out my background in dramatic arts, I think I probably draw on that training every single day, and I think it gives me a, you know, certainly an edge when I do content and be on stage and 
voice and video and all that kind of stuff. And I love that craft. I keep working on it, certainly with the puppets. And I'm working on my my puppeteering quite seriously in the background, too. Um, but I, I was at a magazine. I grew up in the, in the magazine business, so that also dates me. Uh, and I was with a trade publication that also had a data service attached to it. And I left this magazine and I came back to the company that had this data service that had been sold and had subsequently been sold or in the interim had been sold to uh, part, what be, a company that became part of Nielsen. And, and my first day on the job, the sales manager comes in and they have this book that's about this thick of all the slides. Again, back in the day, it was actually even pre-PowerPoint. So we had little overhead slides that we. And the book was this thick. And before they even sat down, I'm thinking, I can't sit through this. And they were having trouble building this business. And just by sheer survival, it was, I can't go tell a 150-page story. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, no wonder people can't. And it was all about how and technical and all this. So just my own natural ability was like, I've got to make quota here. i got to be able to explain this at a cocktail party without getting you know kicked out or with somebody just like, you know, excusing themselves and walk away. So just taking my natural storytelling capabilities, began to talk about a, this data service. And as I learned more and more about them, I'll answer both your questions at the same time. As I learned more and more about this data service, which was really a foundational, structural, master data, reference data type of service that Nielsen had, it was clear the excitement on customers' faces and in their in their work about what the value this could bring. And they gave me more anecdotes about what was happening and how they were getting value from it than the, the team I was working with this, this, at this company. And repositioning this business literally changed the nature and the trajectory of this business. So I got a lot of accolades and built a, a great team at Nielsen. And we built this business that literally grew 10 times its size from the original business we were dealing with. And most of that I credit with having better marketing, better positioning, a better story to tell. And so from there, I never looked back. It was like, all right, this guy, first of all, this kind of foundational data stuff is really important. And every year goes by, it's clearly this is a constant. Finding that little, finding that connection took some time. And 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 then just seeing kind of this whole community that was sort of bifurcated between the folks who got the data in and worked with it to get it into shape and the folks who took that data that was in shape and then produced some kind of result from it. And that bifurcation still is there. There might be a little gray area, but it's still pretty much kind of, you know, working you know, creating data versus using data or data management versus business intelligence or, you know, the, the um, starting with it versus with ending with it. And so that 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 seems to be a constant as well. Uh, but I just love that. And then I, because of my other kind of, um, you know, capabilities, I always was the one who was doing kind of the command performance presentation or we got a bunch of clients in here. Let's wow with this or we sponsored a conference. I'll be the one on stage and that just kind of built and built. And then, you know, in my career, that became more and more of what I was primarily doing, which um, I was thrilled with and I loved it. Again, not everybody raised their hand and say, let me be there. You know, I'll, I'll be the one in front of everyone. 
and just got better and better at it. And to the point now, when I went on on my own, it was like, wow, I could just make a living just telling, helping people tell their stories or talk about how it's better to tell a better story. This is a blast. And, you know, social media came along and LinkedIn and video and all that. I just, you know, jumped right on it. So, Yes. I, I always love hearing people's stories because one, so many of us in the data industry have like this winding path, right? Of not starting there. And then there's always this aha moment. And then what I love the most is how do we weave our path together? right? How do we weave our background and our experience into this newfound love of what we've done with data? And I think that's what makes this environment and world so exciting is everybody can weave kind of their own background into it and have their very own take and have that authenticity and voice that makes them unique and cuts through the noise because it is a very, very noisy world out there, particularly in the world of LinkedIn and social media and conferences. So I appreciate all the work that you're doing in this space and and the signal that you've crafted through this noise. So having been in this environment, I think I think Sadie too. I think the typical trajectory and 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 career path is probably uh, represented by the graphic oh, behind yes. you on the wall. That's everybody's. I get that a lot. It's <laughs> winding around it. Yeah. When I, when, when, I okay. think there's been a couple of webinars I've been on, and I'm like, let me talk about my career path here. Look at this graphic. So for those who are who are listening, I, I painted a piece. Um, it's the, um, the title of the piece is called quantum entanglement. So my, you know, my representation of oh. it was quantum entanglement and it's a bunch of um, black lines all kind of woven together. You can't tell where one starts or one ends. And Oh, it's great. That's your original too, so work. Original okay. work yeah, um, but it yeah. should be called career paths. I think, you know, I think that's what it gets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Typical Here, career here's path, what your career yeah. path will look like. Don't get lost. Right. Uh, but it, but it is exciting and it is fun to be able to weave that all together. I'm curious where you think the world of data management is going to go next, just given your length of background in this space to see how it's evolved, how it's changed, maybe also what hasn't changed and what stayed the same. So what does the world of data management look like the next you know one to five years? From a technology perspective, I don't know. I'm not the guy for that. But what I do know is that it's a secure discipline that is required no matter what. It may be, you know, there might be certain technological advancements that reduce parts of what is done manually versus, you know, on an automated basis or shorten, you know, the, the hopefully it shortens some of the, 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 the time it takes to get better data to the place it needs to. But I had seen somebody who was posted something like, well, will Gen AI just replace data management totally? And people were like, yeah, it could. And I said, data management is going to happen somewhere in there. Somewhere, at some point, a data management activity is going to happen because those raw materials don't automatically turn into what you, that refined source that you use later in analytics. So whether it's a whole department in a different location or it's just a piece of a workflow that somebody's automated it's still data management okay so so i think it's the way i like to talk about it is data management's macro trend agnostic no matter what the hot things are today no matter what they were no matter what they're gonna be you're still if it is technologically based you need hardware you need software you need data you need data management and so there's a security in there i think and hopefully there's a bit of an inspiration for folks who are in that part of the space being as tenacious as they need to be that that 
core value you bring to your organization is always going to be necessary and it's only going to be needed more and more. I mean, if you look back, you know, when I started, the data sources people had were much, you know, smaller, more well-contained. The, the, there were fewer of them. There were fewer applications. Now, you know, it's, it's almost like media, if you will, if you follow kind of like the trajectory of what media was in the sixties and seventies and eighties versus what media is in, you know, the teens and and twenties, a lot more options, a lot more sources, a lot of different ways to get it. But it's still media, and you're still trying to absorb that content. Um, and it still needs to be organized. Doesn't need to be even more organized. It needs to be even more structured. It needs to be even more maintained to get some kind of value out of it. So I think that you know the the future for data management is absolute. It's as bright as the future of data itself. And it's just you know and and, and part of it, it always comes back to me is, you know, getting the story straight. And, you know, the things that have not changed are the basic enterprise challenges to a great degree. It's been decades and decades for me that people talk about, you know, we have all our data in silos and it's disconnected. We don't have a standard. We can't get governance. Oh, you know what? We need better data. Quality. It's like, you know, certain points you just go, is it ever going to change? Are we ever going to get there? And, and what I find kind of humorous is sort of people's newer recognition of that. You know, we're in silos. It's like, okay, the hardest part of hearing that kind of stuff is acting like you didn't hear it already you know, <laughs> exactly. a thousand times. That's where the drama comes in a little bit. <gasps> no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really exactly. so, oh, tell me more. Tell, yeah. uh, but, but all, you know, businesses want to grow. They want to improve. They want to protect their business, you know, those three areas, grow, prove, and protect, I think are, are, are fundamentals. I don't see businesses wanting to not grow their business, not improve it, not protect it. But if you want to, you know, increase sales or improve operational efficiency or mitigate risk, you're going to need technology and you're going to need data as, as part of it there. So none of this goes away. And, um, you know, we just want to get better at it. And again, my voice out there is going part of the way to get better at it is to talk about it in a better way. It really does. So your CEO goes, oh, right, that's important too. And, you know, your CMO goes, oh, we got to make sure data management people are at the table when we're launching this new whatever system that they just bought in a, you know, somewhere uh, rather than an afterthought. So getting at the table, getting that messaging out, making sure people realize it's a priority it doesn't supersede anything. It's not, uh, you know, a Sophie's choice here where you got to choose one versus the other, but it's it, it's part of it. And that's my kind of what keeps my passion going. It's just like, just get us in the room where it happens here, right? As Hamilton would say, get us, get us at the table. Yes. And I think that's so important. And what I hear you saying is if someone's thinking of getting into data management, this is a good long-term career. It's not going to go anywhere as as your book is buzzword free, right? It's it's going to be hype cycle free no matter what happens or changes in the world of AI and new technologies coming out, no matter what, we're going to need data management. So if people are interested in hearing one of your talks, where can they find you this year? What What conference circuit will you be on? And hopefully we'll be meeting up at one of these soon. 
Yeah, I'm going to be doing a, a panel with the rest of the Data Avengers. I know you know some of them. Uh, Kate Strachny, Susan, uh, not Susan, uh, won't be there, but um, George Firacon, a bunch of us will be at uh, Data Universe in New York. Uh, I'm doing a couple of Avanta conferences, which is more of an exclusive CDAO conference. They're part of Gartner. I'll be at Dame a Day in New York City for Dame NYC in, in, in June. I'll be at Big Data London again in, in September, and uh, a bunch of other things are kind of filling out. I got a lot of stuff online. Um, I'll be part of the Master Data or the Data Management Marathon. I used to uh, host that. I hosted that 20, it was a 24 hour data event that we developed during COVID. It was crazy. Um, I did that five times, uh, but now I'll just be, <laughs> I'll be participating in it. Uh, they're a great group that, uh, that does stuff. Um, I'll be at Big Data Toronto, I believe. Yeah, in in, in June. Um, but check out my website, metametaconsulting.com. Metameta, we're about what it's about. That's kind of my that's uh, the, that's my positioning there. If you want to see the data puppets, I love to brag about this. Just Google the term data puppets and see what comes up. I am the only thing that comes up. I seem to own 100% organic SEO marketer's dream. I somehow own that term without any kind of, you know, promotion or not. Google has just never seen the words data and puppets together other than in my context. So all my latest videos come up on the data puppets and, and that's kind of fun. Um, and then obviously I'm all over LinkedIn every day. Find me. You can see me there. And my book's on Amazon telling your data story. So. We'll be sure to add all these into the show notes. Um, I know women in data, I'll be at Data Universe, so hopefully we'll be able to connect then. And then we do have a promo code for all women in data members for Data Universe too. So I encourage you to go check that out because that'll be a great opportunity to come and join us, say hi at our booth, but then come and say hi to Scott. So it'll be a great opportunity to connect with everybody. I'll have a booth too. Data Ventures have a booth at Data, at the data Universe. So that'll be, that'll be fun. We'll do some booth hopping. Yes, that sounds great. Well, Scott, this has been a ton of fun. Thank you so much for taking the time and coming in and talking to us. And more importantly, thank you for telling your data story and having a voice out there in the ecosystem. It's so important. We need more people talking about it and leading the way. So thank you and appreciate your time today. Sadie, thanks for having me. All right. And to all our listeners, thank you. Remember to stay curious and keep learning. And we'll catch you next time on the Data Bytes podcast. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Data Bytes podcast. If you're looking for more resources to further your data career or find your tribe, we encourage you to become a member at womenindata.org. See you on the other side.